Welcome to Ask About Fly Fishing Internet Radio, your source for learning more about fly fishing in cold water, warm water, and salt water. Hello, I'm Roger Maves, your host for tonight's show. On this broadcast, we'll be featuring Katie Johnstone, and she'll be answering your questions on Ohio Women on the Fly. This show will be 90 minutes in length, and we're broadcasting live over the Internet. If you'd like to ask Katie a question, just go to our homepage at askaboutflyfishing.com and use that Q&A text box to send us your question. We'll receive your question immediately, and we'll try to answer as many of them as possible on the show tonight. And while you're there, make sure you sign up to receive our announcements so you don't miss out on any of our future broadcasts. Just fill in the form on the right side of our homepage, and we'll let you know when the next live show will be. This broadcast is being recorded and will be available for playback on our website about 48 hours after the show ends. You can also find it on any of the podcast distribution sites like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your podcasts. So if you have to leave early, you can return to our website or any of the podcast platforms at your convenience and listen to the recording at any time. If you're out and about on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, we'd sure appreciate it if you'd share our podcast. And when you do, use the hashtag AskAboutFlyFishing. And also use the hashtag FlyFishing. In fact, if you have a moment, do it right now and share the knowledge that we're going to be sharing tonight with you. The content of this broadcast is copyrighted as the property of the Knowledge Group Inc. doing businesses ask about fly fishing. When we return, we'll be talking with Katie Johnstone about Ohio women on the fly. The Colorado River, or at least ferry, is called by some the world's largest spring creek. It's a massive clear-running tailwater fishery that runs 15.5 miles from the base of the Glen Canyon Dam to the upper reaches of the Grand Canyon. At times, it gives the impression of being not one or two, but a series of parallel Spring Creek-like waterways. The fishing is great, and the scenery is gorgeous. Lee's Ferry Anglers provides professional guide service to this outstanding rainbow trout fishery, as well as food and lodging at Cliff Dwellers Restaurant and Lodge. See for yourself why Lee's Ferry is on every fly fisher's must-do list. Visit leesferryanglers.com or call them at 800-962-9755. That's leesferryanglers.com, or call them at 800-962-9755. Before we introduce Katie, I'd like to let you know about the great prizes we have to give away tonight. For our drawing tonight, we'll be giving away a one-year membership to Fly Fishers International and a one-year subscription to the Fly Fishing and Tying Journal. So you have two chances to win tonight in our drawing. Now, if you haven't registered yet for the drawing, you can do so now. Just go to our homepage at askaboutflyfishing.com and look for the link under Katie's section that says, register for our free drawing. Click on that link and fill out the form and we'll announce the winners at the end of the show. We'll also be giving away a book courtesy of Stackpole Books. I've got a list of books here that I can give away and whoever wins tonight, I'll send you that list and then you can pick one of those books from the list. So here's how you can win. You must be the first person to answer the question I ask at the end of the show. And the question will be about something that Katie and I talk about during the show. So just submit your answer along with your name and location on the text box on our homepage, and that's how you'll win the prize. You'll have to be the first person and listen closely, take some notes, and you may win a book from Stackpole Books. Our guest tonight is Katie Johnstone. While on a trip to Alaska in the fall of 2017, Katie got a taste of fly fishing for the first time. During the winter of 2018, she attended the Columbus Fly Fishing Expo and picked up her first fly rod outfit. And then on, she was hooked. Katie joined one of the local fly fishing groups in Columbus, Ohio, and began to learn about her local water. She's also joined her local TU chapter and finally took a position on the board. 
When Katie was introduced to fly fishing, she was an avid rock climber, and she enjoyed being involved in the climbing community and was a board member of the Ohio Climbers Coalition. While sitting on the board of the OCC, Katie met another female angler, Jess Suvak, from Cleveland, Ohio. And inspired by the United Women on the Fly, Katie and Jess decided to create a similar group in Ohio. In January of 2019, Ohio Women on the Fly was founded. The group spans the whole state and has grown more than either of them could have imagined. As Katie became more involved in the fly fishing community, she began spending more time at her local fly shop, Mad River Outfitters. She started tying her own flies, which led to weekly trips to the shop. Throughout these trips, Yoni dropped hints that she should come work for Mad Fly Outfitters. And after a year of giving us some thought, Katie left her corporate job and became an employee at MRO in July of 2020. Katie now works full-time there and guides for smallmouth and trout and can be found fishing or tying flies in her free time. Katie, welcome to Ask About Fly Fishing Internet Radio. Thanks, Roger. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Good. Lots of things to talk about. But the main thing we want to do is, I think, tonight is hear your story because it's, in my mind, fast and furious for <laughs> for as few years as you've been involved. You've gotten yourself involved in a lot of different aspects of fly fishing, which sometimes take people a lifetime to do. I'd like to go through and tell your story of how you got to where you are now and also to intermix in that challenges, experiences you've had as a woman in entering the fly fishing world, which, as we all know, in the past has primarily been dominated by men. But the women are coming on strong. You're one of them. So we'd like to find out what your experiences are. Sound good? Yep, sounds great. All right. So as we found out in your introduction, you went on a fishing trip to Alaska and learned about fly fishing. Is that the first time you learned about it or experienced it? Tell us a bit about that trip and how what it was like. Yeah, I grew up on the water but had no no fishing experience. I didn't really have anyone in my family that fish. Grew up as a wakeboarder, so I spent a lot of time on the water but not in relation to fishing. And then in the summer or in the fall of 2017, my partner, he was working out in Alaska and he was there for a few months and every day he would call and talk about this salmon fishing and I'd hang up and I'd be like, what is he talking about? I just, I don't understand it. So before he came back to Ohio, I went out to visit for a week and it was actually just a trip to go out and visit Alaska. It wasn't even a fly fishing trip. And while I was out there, I got an introduction to to fly fishing on the Kenai River for salmon. And so that was where it all started for me, fishing in general and fly fishing. That day on the river, I remember putting on my waders and boots and then standing in the middle of the Kenai, it was like that bright blue, beautiful water, and just absolutely loved every moment of it. Caught three salmon and then called it a day. And that pretty much changed the whole direction of my life after that. And while I was on that trip, I got to learn how to fly fish as well as kind of see the salmon run. So went to a few different mm-hmm. areas where I got to see the salmon jumping the falls. And then I remember on the last day before I was leaving, we went to this one spot. It was like a really small river and you could see where the salmon were coming up to spawn. And at that point they were just like decaying flesh. And so right. not only did I have this like great experience fly fishing, I also had this experience of, kind of learning about salmon and it really intrigued my interest just in fish in general. So that was where it all started for me. Yeah, I know the Kenai. (laughs) I grew up in Alaska when I was a kid 
And that's really oh, that's where awesome. I got interested in fishing too. And we used to go down to the Kenai Peninsula as a family and camp and fish. And yeah, some of the first fish I ever caught were salmon, huge fish for a kid. But so I know exactly where you started out. And it is very interesting to see the from when they come in silver to as they start to die and decay, the, to see the whole life cycle. I know that's a big part of understanding salmon. I can see why you were intrigued. <laughs> and yep. so, what part, yeah, I mean, you just talked about a lot of parts that we experience as fly fishers. What got you most excited about fly fishing specifically? I am someone who is constantly on the go. I've always got a lot of projects going on. I'm always just so many things in my mind. And that day in the river, it was just like time stopped. I forgot about everything. And four hours went by so fast. And so it was just like that moment of, okay, this is just a time to be on the water and just connect with what I'm doing. And so that is like really what kind of drew me into fly fishing. So it sounds the peace, the calmness, the blocking out the rest of the world. Yeah, yeah, the peace and the calmness. And then, uh, yeah, and then also just like being, I just feel like one thing with fly fishing is everything's like almost a puzzle. There's always something to learn. There's always an area to grow in. So there's just always new avenues and new flies to figure out and water to figure out at different times of the year. So I just... I love that there's always something that's going on and always there's always like a process to grow. Yeah. Yeah. It's a challenge that you never finalize. You never complete. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Always some. Yeah. If you like solving problems and you like learning, then fly fishing is for you. That's for sure. And you said, I guess you didn't have any interest really in fishing or fly fishing before that trip. I didn't. Nope. Yeah. I really wow. Never was around it. And then after that trip, when I got back, uh, I was, I did a little bit of spin fishing because I wanted to keep getting out there and keep fishing. And I didn't really hold a lot of interest in it. I found myself more so looking at my watch and being, okay, when am I going to get off the water versus, oh, wow, four hours just went by. I did that a little bit. And then in February of 2018, I attended the Columbus Fishing Expo which is mostly like a conventional show. And then there's a little bit of fly fishing. I remember like Mad River Outfitters had a booth and then there was like an Orvis booth there as well. And my dad happened to be at that show with me and I kept walking by the fly fishing table and I was like, that's really what I want to do. That was what interested me. And so I remember I, I kept walking back to ta- back and forth past the table a few times, a little intimidated to walk up there. And finally, my dad was like, hey, do you want to go and talk to them? I was like, yes, please. So we went up there, and that's where we talked to them, and then we walked away. And I like looked at my dad, and I was like, hey, I know it's going to sound crazy coming from me, but I really want to get into fly fishing. And is it cool if we go back over there? And I would like to talk to them about getting a combo because they were selling them at the show. We went back over there, and we left with, I got to leave with a fly rod. And then that's where... It just, everything fell into place. I started casting and I was really stoked that I was going to be able to learn fly fishing. You know, I put down the spin rod. Though looking back, I do wish I would have taken a little more interest to that because I think that is a great background to have when you come into fly fishing. From there on, it was just, I joined some of my local groups and then started Ohio Women on the Fly and then ended up at Mad River Outfitters. 
Yeah, let's go into great detail on all those things. Now, did your partner that you met up with in Alaska, was he a fly fisher as well, or was he guiding up there? What was he doing? He was actually working on a farm up there, and he had some conventional, he grew up conventional fishing. And then when he was Mm -hmm. out there, he got to learn about the fly fishing. And it was more so me that sort of was like, hey, let's do this fly fishing thing. So we both started at the same time, but I like just went headfirst into it. <laughs> okay. What about your dad? Was he a fly fisher? He was not. Nope. No fishing experience in the family, but they oh, are really? all now fly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they are all now fly fishing. <laughs> oh, really? Wow. You're quite mm. the inspiration. <laughs> what I, I'm trying to think of the word, a, you know, somebody that not pu- I shouldn't say pushes fly fishing, but promotes fly fishing. <laughs> Others. Yeah. Yeah. In many ways you're doing that. So you were like a hundred percent in after that. And now what were the next steps? You got your fly fishing combo kit and so forth. And what were your next steps to getting started specifically to learning how to fly fish? I will never forget when I started learning because I got that combo kit in February and I was like, I'm determined to learn how to cast and go catch a fish. And <laughs> I just remember going outside it being like 10 degrees, a bunch of snow on the ground. And I was just like practicing my casting out there. I was self-taught, just taught myself as I watched a lot of YouTube videos, and then I wanted to learn more about the local rivers. We have a group here in Columbus called Central Ohio Fly Fishers, cough for short, and I noticed that they did monthly meetings, and each meeting they brought in a different presenter to talk about a different species or a different body of water, and it, it just so happened that they were, where they met was about five minutes from my apartment. So I started going to those meetings, and that's where I was able to learn. Because when I was in Alaska, I was like, okay, so you've got salmon for fly fishing, and trout is very big. And then when I went to these meetings, I found out about bowfin and smallmouth and pike. I was like, whoa, that's what I want to fish for. So that was my next steps was just getting out, practicing, watching the YouTube videos, and then joining the local groups so that I could learn more. How did you find out about that local group? I just Googled fly fishing groups in Ohio, and there's quite a few, but that was the one that was closest to me. Okay. Did you have a mentor as such? Yes, a little bit, but it wasn't until a little bit later in in my fly fishing. When I started going to Mad River Outfitters, Ryan Ratliff that works there, he, every time I came in, he kind of would come and help me out and eventually got to know him pretty well. And he helped me with figuring out some water, where to go to, some flies to learn in tying. He was always there to help me throughout the second year into it. And then most recently, when I started guiding, our head guide, Josh McQueen, he has really been a big mentor in helping me with my guiding and helping me get that career going. I would say, yeah, Ryan and Josh are both my mentors within the sport. Okay. But when you first started learning the skills with casting and so forth, you said you went to club meetings and so forth. Did you then go out as in groups or did or was it all kind of self-taught at that point? No, it was mostly just self-taught. I just, like I said, watched some YouTube videos and then would go outside and practice. I was pretty fortunate. My, the apartment that I was living in was right on a quarry. So I pretty much had access to water in my backyard. So I was able to go out down there and practice a lot and 
take my kayak out and fish for largemouth bass. The cough group was mostly just more of a meeting space where you would go and listen to a speaker and then have a social hour. They did some fly tying stuff, but it wasn't like a lot of like clinics and things like that. Did uh, now was that a was that group mixed? Or was it men and women, or was it a women's group? It's a men's and men's and women's group. Mostly a men's group, though. I'll never forget the first meeting I went to. I walked into the room, and it was about, I don't know, 30, 35 older white men in the room, and then there was me. <laughs> and every once in a while, yeah, there'd be another. Yeah. yeah, there'd be another lady in there. And at first, it was super intimidating. I felt, and it's intimidating from the standpoint of, I didn't know a ton about the sport, so I just felt like when there was conversation, I was like, oh, I hope no one asks me if what my opinion is on that or anything like that. But after the second or third meeting, I started to make some friends with some of the men there. There was one other lady that started to attend because her partner was on the chapter of that group, and she's actually now one of like my really good fishing buddies. But it was cool because some of the men that I – ended up sitting with and starting to get to know they were rock climbers in the past. So we had a bonding (laughs) point there. (laughs) And then we were able to talk a little bit more about fishing. Yeah, it was a little intimidating at first, but after that, it was totally fine. And they had no problem accepting you or helping you. They were open to all that. Yeah, they were all super nice, always willing to tell stories and give some guidance on things like that. Okay, good, good. I need to take a quick break here. And Katie, when I come back, we'll talk more about your fly fishing journey and, and where you're at now. Hang tight. We'll be right back. Musky Town, so much more than a musky fly shop. Whether you're a musky fly fishing guy, an experienced musky hunter, or just getting into predators on the fly, wherever life's adventures take you, Musky Town's proven lineup helps you to be more successful on the water. They have rods, reels, lines, and flies for muskie, pike, and bass. Most of their flies are tied in-house, and they fish them at every possible opportunity so they know what works, why it works, and exactly what you need to put big fish in the net. Sit back, relax, enjoy legendary fly shop service, and please let them know if there's ever anything they can help you with. Next time you think of muskie, go to muskietown. That's muskietown.com. Or call them at 763-312-6012. That's muskytown.com. Or call them at 763-312-6012. You're listening to Ask About Fly Fishing Internet Radio. We're talking with Katie Johnstone about Ohio Women on the Fly. If you'd like to ask Katie a question, just go to our homepage at askaboutflyfishing.com and use that Q&A text box to send in your question. Okay, Katie, so at that point in your journey, as a woman, did you have any challenges along your journey that you had to overcome, and what were they? I didn't have too many challenges, and I feel very fortunate about that. Growing up, I did a lot of, I was a total tomboy, and then I did a lot of sports that involved, that were mostly male-dominated, did a lot of wakeboarding and snowboarding. So coming into fly fishing and knowing it was a male-dominated sport, I didn't feel super uncomfortable. The most intimidating part was more so just gaining confidence in that community and going into a fly shop. So I wouldn't say I really had any challenges that necessarily stick out, but through being involved in Ohio Women in the Fly in the community, 
I have heard of other challenges that women are going through, and which I can touch on this when we get up into the podcast about Ohio Women Fly a little later. So I feel fortunate that I've been able to hear where these challenges have come from and what they are, and then have this community where we can work together to overcome certain challenges. Yeah, I'd like to dig into that because I'd like to give other women that may be listening or have spouses that fly fish and are considering it, to give them some insight into what they might expect, whether it's positive or negative. You sound like you've had a very positive experience getting involved with fly fishing, which is the way it should be. But like you say, others may not have. Let's talk about that because at this point or some point, you decided to take it all a step further and you met up with other woman, you can, I forgot her name now, but, and founded Ohio Women on the Fly. Why did you, and what was your partner's name there that helped found it? Jess. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Why did you and Jess decide to do that, to create this group? A little bit of backstory to it. Like I had mentioned, I was on the, I was really involved in rock climbing right as I was getting it, or involved in rock climbing before fly fishing. And Something that's really important to me is community. As a climber, I joined the Ohio Climbers Coalition and sat on the board for them. And we were hosting a climbing festival, and I was in charge of getting the vendors for that festival. And I had heard about this group called the Green Girl Gang, which was started by Jess up in Cleveland. And it's a group like Ohio Women on the Fly where they, with meetups and things, but it's more of a broader spectrum. It's skateboarding, biking, ice skating, all of that. And so I had and reached out to Jess to invite her to this climbing festival. And I got a chance to, or I started following her on social media from that. And I noticed she was posting all these fish pictures. And I was like, oh, this is really cool. There's another woman in Ohio that fly fishes. This would be great to meet her and to have someone to get on the water with. And so... We started texting back and forth, getting to know each other. And at the time, Heather Hudson had started United Women on the Fly. And we're like, man, that's really cool how this social media platform is bringing women from all over the country together. That would be really cool to have something like that here in Ohio. And at that time, there was a Facebook group. I believe it's called Women of Ohio Fly Fishing. And so I was just like, hey, Jess, why don't I post in this Facebook group that we're going to go fish a certain river on a certain day, and if anyone wants to meet us there, they can. And I put up this post not knowing really anyone (laughs) in this group, and it was in December when this happened, and we ended up having five women come to this, what is called like a meetup. And we fished all day. It was freezing. It was an absolute blast. We were running around, chasing each other, trying to catch our fish with our our nets and everything. And after that day, Jess and I were just like, wow, this would be really cool to start a community here so we can do more events like this and bring a little more attention to the women in fly fishing in Ohio. And that's where it all started and why we decided to create the group. So... United Women on the Fly is a national group then? Yeah, so it's run by Heather Hudson, and it's essentially for – it reaches out, but reaches around the whole world. And oh, so okay. she, yeah, made this platform where you can join the Facebook group and you can connect with all these women and people post different events and things like that. And it was just really cool to see 
like such an easy platform for everyone to come together and just talk fly fishing in a safe space. Yeah, yeah, cool, cool. So you just stemmed off of that. The you, the group, Women on the Fly, does it have a mission? Yes, I guess I should say that in January of 2019, we, when we decided to start the group, we really just started it with an Instagram account with the purpose of having a space where we could connect with women in the in Ohio's fly fishing community to share pictures and to meet other women. And when that sort of started to grow and take off in the first month, we were like, well, we should define a little bit more of what this group is going to be. And so our mission is to bring women in Ohio's fly fishing community together and to inspire more women to get on the water. Okay, okay. And was there an official date of organization then? Yeah, so January... Yeah, January 10th, 2019 is when we officially kind of quote-unquote founded Ohio Women on the Fly. And like I said, the first we just first started with the Instagram account and we started having women reach out to us and we started reaching out to women about just sharing their fishing pictures. And it loaded, right? like at the beginning, like all these women were like, hey, are you guys going to put on clinics? Is there a way that we can get more involved? I'd really like to learn more about fly fishing. And so that's where the ball really started rolling. And we're like, okay, this is our opportunity to grow this into something a little bit bigger than just an Instagram account. And so it really grew organically, it sounds, at the beginning. You weren't actually out founding the bushes for members, it doesn't sound like. It did, yep. (laughs) Yeah, it it grew organically. And we don't have a membership for the group, but we do have subscribers to the website and a Facebook group. And right now we're at about 200 women. Oh, wow. Wow, that's great. That's great. Now, what do you do as a group? Do you sponsor events, hold events? Tell me about some of the things you do as a group. Yeah, I can just I'll walk through a little bit of a timeline and then make sure. it a little bit yeah. more general. So when we first started, we were looking for ways to connect with women outside of just Instagram. In February of 2019, we attended just so some of us attended the Columbus Expo and we just said, hey, we're going to be there if anyone wants to meet up and walk around. Feel free to join us. So we did that. And then we had a lot of people reaching out about the classes. We started working with some of, just started working with some of the local shops up north in the Cleveland area and put together some 101 classes with Orvis and a couple of the other outfitters. And then I worked with Mad River Outfitters here that spring to put on a women's fly tying event. And then we started reaching out to some people to do some kind of presentations. And then that was also when Orvis did that 50-50 film tour. So that was fun. We showed that here in Columbus and Cleveland. And then the big thing that kind of kicked off was in November of 2019, we said it's almost been a year since we called that first meetup at Mohican, let's go back and make it something a little bit bigger. And so we had our first weekend at Mohican. It's a state park and there are cabins that are right along the river. So we booked a cabin and we said, we've got six spots if anyone wants to come join. And it booked pretty quickly. And then we had a lot of interest for those who weren't able to book, like, oh, we can just come meet us for Saturday. And that was Let's see, we had, it was between 12 to 14 women that came out to fish. 
And it was super fun, and that's when we realized, okay, this group, we've got enough interest that we can continue to do some clinics and to do some kind of local trips. And so as 2019 was ending, we had a lot of steam going, and then 2020 hit, and we started to enter Mm -hmm. into the pandemic. March 2020, we launched our website, and realized with everything going on with the pandemic that we needed to figure out how we could keep the ball rolling while also being safe. We started doing local meetups. And I would say that's one of the biggest things to our groups are these meetups. Essentially, once a month, usually from April till August, we'll hold a meetup at a different rivers, and then it's open to any women in the area to come and just fish for the evening. It's like after work. So the first one started in Columbus, and then Jess held some up in Cleveland. And then we have another lady, Carrie Voda, who started holding them in Cincinnati. And those were a pretty big hit. And one thing that was really cool and inspiring about those meetups is, like, the first one that I ever held, we had a lady who showed up and she's, I've been fishing for five years and I've never caught a fish. I'm like, okay, tonight you are catching a fish. <laughs> and so <laughs> she caught a bluegill and it was like the best moment in the world. Like everyone was hooting and hollering and it was just a really great time. And then we held another meetup. I had one that was in Columbus and we had a lady who drove two hours just to attend. And I think that's when it really hit me, like what these fishing events meant. For the women in the state, if someone was going to drive two hours on a Wednesday to come fish. Continued with doing the meetups and then just some other things that we do. We started, we did a couple challenges, Instagram challenges, to work around doing things that were fun during the pandemic. Started working with some of the local outfitters to do guide trips. One thing that we did start that was super fun is we started a Secret Santa fly tying event and anyone from anywhere could sign up for it and then you would exchange kind of like a white elephant but with flies and so that that was a hit and then we also started doing some virtual fly tying classes and then having more guest presentations and open fly tying nights so a long (laughs) answer there but we do a lot of different different activities but pretty much we just do as much as we can to keep the community involved and hit everyone in like different spectrums of someone who just wants to learn, they can come to a clinic. Someone who wants to get started in fly tying can come to a tying event. Someone who's been fishing for a while and they want to do a guide trip. Yeah, that's a an overview of everything. Yeah, yeah it's funny you mentioned the woman that caught the bluegill as her first fish. That bluegill should be given an award because so many of us, that was one of our first fish that we caught, whatever. It always seemed to be the bluegills were always willing. I remember catching them on those the little gold salmon hooks, these little tiny gold hooks, and we'd throw the hook in without anything on it, and the bluegill would hit would it. Would eat like, it. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and they're blast on a know? fly rod. They are super Oh, yeah, yeah. For, for their size there, they give you a good run. Yes, what do you, is there anything that you think women are, all, you've done all these events clinics, all these things. Is there any one thing that is, more attracting to women to learn or become involved in than that they a magnet, so to speak, that draws them in? Or is it just depending on where they are in their journey as to what they're interested in? It's interesting 
because we, the group has grown a ton, way more than we ever expected. And at each event, it's amazing how many new people we have. I think having the opportunity to come and learn in a safe, a safe space where, and then where these women can gain confidence to get out on the river and know they can go somewhere and tie their own flies, I think that's what attracts a lot of the women to keep coming out is just being able to have this opportunity to come and learn. There's no judgment, and it's a lot of fun, and there's a lot of laughter. Okay, so just the, yeah, the safe environment sounds like a key. What do you think percentage of women that are in your group, what percentage of them have fly fishing spouses or partners or, and they're trying to learn because they've been introduced by a, a partner of some sort? Do you think mm-hmm. a large percentage or are a lot of them just kind of solo I feeling would, their way through this? I would say it's probably, I don't know, half maybe. There's a lot of women that just want to get into it because they've seen something on social media or have attended an event where they saw fly fishing. I would say maybe close to half and half or 60-40. But on the topic of those who do have partners, one thing that's been pretty cool about the group is these women will come and they'll say, I've been fishing with my partner for a really long time and I love it. It's great. But sometimes because of that, I've never learned to tie my own knots or tie my own flies. Being Mm -hmm. able to come to these events allows me to learn and to figure it out. And for example, the first meetup we had this summer, we had a lady, Tammy, who just recently got into fly fishing with her husband and she came and I was like, Hey, Tammy, do you want me to help you get your fly on? And she's like, no, I'm here to learn. I My husband does everything. I want to be able to do it on my own. If I spend an hour and a half trying to get this fly on my leader, then that's going to be a great time, and that's why I'm here. <laughs> so it's oh, that's just great. pretty cool, yeah, to see some of the ladies branching out because they want to be able to learn on their own as well. Yeah, so independence seems to be a mm-hmm. common theme then, too, just to be yeah, independent from your partner or whoever, to be able to do something on your own. And then that gives you some freedom to go out on your own, or your partner's busy working or something. <laughs> you have a lot of other friends to go with, too, if you'd like. Exactly. Uh, a win-win situation. Need to take another break here, Katie, so hang tight. I'll be right back, and we'll continue on. Enrico Puglisi flies pride themselves with creating unique and one-of-a-kind flies and fly tying material. Enrico has been experimenting with durable synthetic and natural materials to create flies that catch fish for more than 20 years. His innovative products include brushes, fibers, and components that have made a major impact on the direction of saltwater fly fishing, and his methods and materials are respected worldwide. Whether you want your flies hand-tied for you or would like to tie your own, be sure to visit Enrico Puglisi flies and browse through their online catalog. Visit epflies.com and do a little shopping today. That's epflies.com. You're listening to Ask About Fly Fishing Internet Radio. We're talking with Katie Johnstone about Ohio women on the fly. If you'd like to ask Katie a question, go to our homepage, askaboutflyfishing.com, and fill out that form, send it in, and we'll be happy to try to address any questions that come in. All right, Katie, let's see here. Sounds like from your past experience with rock climbing and other things that you've always had an interest in bringing people together and creating community, how did organizing the Ohio Women on the Fly group help you personally as a fly fisher? It allowed me to really get to know the fly fishing community and what fly fishing means to a lot of people in my area 
it allowed me to learn about conservation. So being really involved just allowed me to grow and to learn more about the sport. What about considering how you were introduced to fly fishing and how you got started? What recommendations would you have for women that are thinking about getting started? And they may not be as fortunate as to be living in Ohio and have your group to go to, but what would you suggest they do to get started? I would say check out to see if you have any local fly shops. Give them a call to see if they're doing any classes or go in and get to know the people that work there. The internet at our disposal is a great resource as well. It's really easy to just look up fly fishing in my area, fly fishing groups. And so you can use that to get started. And then there are a lot of these women's groups popping up in different states. So there's a good chance that there might be a group in the area just looking some stuff up on the internet or reaching out to a local shop is a good way to, to kind of figure out how you can get your feet wet and start learning and get started. I just noticed because I, I searched United Women on the Fly on Facebook and I see another group, Colorado Women on the Fly. I'm in Colorado right now. Obviously, somebody stemmed off that same thing yep. in Colorado. Yeah, yeah, it's always a great. And most Trout Unlimited, I think, and the Fly Fishers International groups are good places to go and they usually have people that are willing to teach. Yeah, absolutely. And that's definitely one I should have mentioned. And you will find your TU chapters in in a lot of different states. And then another thing on the topic of Fly Fishers International is their Women's Connect group is doing a really great job with working with different organizations in different states to put on women's-hosted events. So they've coined June as Women's Fly Fishing Month. And that's when they'll work with a lot of those organizations. And the last June and this past June, Ohio Women on the Fly, we teamed up with the FFIWC and did different clinics and things like that. Also, you're a great group to check out. Yeah. When you just mentioned, what was it, Women's Connect or Women Connect? What? Yeah. So it's Fly Fishers International Women's Connect. And the Women's oh, Connect oh, is F-F-I. part of okay. the FI. Yep. Great, great, great. Let's see here. So now, oh, before we move on, you had mentioned earlier, you did have some examples or stories to tell about challenges women have had in entering the fly world. You want to talk about that a bit so people are prepared or know what to do or how to respond to certain situations? Yeah, absolutely. I know I've heard a couple examples of women walking into some fly shops and being turned away or just given short answers and having these women come to our meetups, they gain that confidence in fishing and knowing what they're talking about so that when they go back to these shops and if that happens again, they don't necessarily feel as put down. I've heard it gives them confidence when they're going back. And then another thing is There's been some times where women will walk onto the water and get catcalled or get low hold and pushed out of spots. And one thing we like to talk about is water etiquette, river etiquette. And so knowing if you're close to someone, just maybe keep moving on. Or if someone is going to take your spots, just to be able to stand up for yourself and just say, hey, like I was fishing here, what's going on? It seems like when these instances happen, it can really shut these women down. And then when they're able to come to Ohio on the fly and talk about it and hear other people's stories, and it just seems to give them a little bit more confidence when they're out on the water. And if 
that situation happens, instead of just being like, all right, I'm going to give up and go home, they just are able to pick up and move on and go fish another area. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes that's the easiest thing to do. But yeah, that, there are certain protocols I found out, not having to do with women at all, but like I was up on the Madison River at a favored fishing run. And when we got up there, we were well spread out. But what we found out is everybody was fishing. They'd enter the river at the bottom of this run and then mm-hmm. fish. And then everybody would take five steps up and then everybody move up. And the person at the top, when they ran out of run and they'd get out of the water and come back down to the bottom and enter the, at the bottom again and step up with there. It's like this a chorus line going through the water. But we didn't re- when we first got there, we didn't realize what was going on. And a couple of guys say, hey, here's how it works. Because that was mm-hmm. the only way everybody could get an opportunity to fish that run. Sometimes you have to figure out what's going on. And I know there's other places I've found out since then that are similar to that. But those are good things to know. And I'm sure too, at the group meetings, you'll probably drop names of, hey, Tony down at Mad Rivers is a great guy. He's always helpful. Ask for him or something kind of thing Mm -hmm. where you find those teachers that are ready to teach at the fly shop and and up brush you off too. And I I think that applies. Not everybody are born teachers and some are just can't wait for the next person to walk in so they can share. (laughs) So Right. (laughs) uh, Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, And as you're as we're going to talk about next here, in this journey that you've taken, starting Ohio Women on the Fly, now you're pretty much 100% into it in that you work for a fly shop now. Tell us yeah. about <laughs> Mad River Outfitters and what they're all about. Because I know your boss's name is what, Ryan Fleshing. He's doing all the YouTube videos, right? Yes, yeah. So education yeah. is a big part of that of Mad River Outfitters. The YouTube channel has definitely been a big hit. Yeah, yeah. Many people may know him and not really know about Mad River, but tell us what makes Mad River special to you. Yeah, what was cool is really throughout my whole journey, Mad River Outfitters seems to, has always been a part of it, getting my rod there and then being my local shop, going in and buying materials and getting to know everyone. And Brian could see what I was doing with the women's community. So every time I was in, he would like drop in, hey, you should come into fly fishing, come work for the shop, start a women's program. And after getting really involved in the community in Ohio Women on the Fly, I sat back and I was like, I feel very lucky to be a woman in this sport and being able to bring the women's community together and making feel women more confident on the river and walking or wanting to go to different groups and things like that. And so I decided to go ahead and and take the job at Mad River Outfitters with one of the things being able to start a little bit of a women's program there. And it's been awesome working in the shop. The guys that I work with are great. It's really cool being in Columbus, Ohio, because a lot of people are like, there's no trout there. Is there even fishing there? Are there rivers? And we have awesome fishing here. We've got smallmouth pike, muskie, bowfin. We've got Lake Erie. It just feels like a giant playground to, to fish in. And one of the things that's been really awesome kind of working at the shop is I'll never forget the day where a few women walked in, and it had been consistent like that. And Brian looked over at me and he said, what's happening? Like women are here in fly fishing and they're here to stay. And so I've been able to work with Linda, who 
has worked at Mad Rapids for a really long time and does a lot of the soft goods. Been able to work with her to expand the women's section. And then it's, I really enjoy seeing women feel a little more confident and comfortable when they walk in, when they see another lady in the shop. So that's been really fun. But yeah, Matter of Outfitters is, we've got a guiding service, we've got a school, and then a big thing is education. And it's been really cool to watch the YouTube channel grow and the content that we're able to put out and see how you're actually able to connect in with a fly fishing community on a, a very large. Yeah, they've, uh, he pops up all over the place. I'm always running. Yeah. I'll search for something, and there he is. He's got a, right. he's got a video on it, how to tie a blood knot, how, how to straighten your lead, whatever. He's got a video on it, that's for sure. He's very productive in that area. It sounds like you found a sweet spot there at Mad River Outfitters. And you already answered a question I was going to ask, which is, were they prepared to serve women when you got there or has it gotten better since you've been there? And it sounds like it's gotten better, right? Yep, definitely gotten better. I know they were starting to see a little bit more of an uptick of women in fly fishing, but it's definitely grown since I've been there and being involved with the Ohio Women on the Fly has helped because it's pretty cool going to these meetups and then someone's like, I'm going to come in and buy a fly rod. And so they come into the shop and they get to work with them and kind of makes it a little bit more special to have more ways to, to connect with these women in the community. So it's pretty cool to see a little more women in the shop. Now, you said in your bio that you had quit a corporate job to, to come work at Mad River. What were you doing before you entered the fly fishing industry? I did digital marketing communications for an association for plaintiff attorneys. So I spent a lot of time on the computer. (laughs) Oh, God. It's pretty distant from where you ended up now, it sounds like. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Probably a little less stressful, too, I would imagine, in the fly fishing business, but I don't know. Now, you've also taken on guiding out of the shop as well. Tell us about what kind of trips you you guide. Do you do walkway, drift boat trips, both? What kind of trips are you doing? Do a little bit of both. So during kind of the fall and winter, I'll do walk and wade trips for rainbow trout. And I focus a lot on the beginner trips. I just absolutely love taking people out and teaching them to fly fish and watching them catch a trout for the first time on a fly rod. So that's my fall and my winter time, and I just finished up my second season of that. And then this was like my first and a half season for guiding for smallmouth, and that I do out of a raft. A lot of our oh, waters here in okay. Ohio will do out of rafts, yeah, versus drift boats. Okay. We don't have a lot of like boat ramps and public access like that, so it's a little more of find a kayak launch or something similar and drop the raft, mm-hmm. take it to the water. Yeah, I think one of the videos I watched was of you taking a day and taking Brian down the river on a raft. I saw you rowing there, so I figured you were involved with that somehow. Yeah, so um, so So what part of Ohio do you guide in? The cool thing about where we're in Columbus is we're really anywhere between an hour to two hours from a lot of different types of fishing. My focus, though, is more eastern, northeast Ohio, but there's water out west we can go to. There's water down south. And the one thing about guiding in Ohio versus some of the other places, I've never really done a trip out west, but it seems if you're going to go fish a specific area, you're going to a certain river, and that's where you're floating. Where here, if you might sign up for a smallmouth trip, but that river will not be decided most likely until about 48 hours before that trip is scheduled to be. And that's just because we're always constantly looking 
where the best water is based on rain or not having rain, different things like that. We fluctuate and can be all over the state. Yeah, so you're guiding for rainbow trout and smallmouth primarily? Yes. On your trips? Yeah, yeah. And how did you learn about guiding? Did you take a guide class or did you learn from other guides at the shop? Or how did you learn to become a guide? I learned from other guides at the shop. Got The one area that I run a lot of my beginner trips are the rainbow trout trips. That is where I learned most of my fly fishing, and I spent probably the first three years of my fly fishing career. I was out there learning this river, so I was just given the go-ahead to go out there and do some guide trips. And then when it came to guiding from the raft, that's where our head guide that I mentioned earlier, Josh McQueen, really played a big picture. I I spent a lot of time just learning how to row my boat. And then when I felt comfortable in it, I said, hey, when you have a free day off, can I go row you around? And then you just critique, making sure I'm keeping the boat in the right spot. I'm moving through certain sections of the river properly. And so he helped me get to where I am today when it comes to guiding out of a raft. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like the other part, which some guides need to work at, some don't, comes naturally, is just the communication on the boat. Because uh, with your background of helping so many people up to this point, you probably understand that and know how to talk the talk and keep people entertained and busy even when they're not catching fish, which is most of the day. Absolutely, (laughs) yeah. Being able to keep the conversation going and entertain and teach is all part of it. And it's one thing that I really enjoy with it. Yeah, yeah. Any particular memorable guide trips you've done that involve, you don't have to name names, but interesting people or in situations or weather or anything that comes to mind? That... Yeah, I've, I've had a couple. The first season that I was able to guide for rainbow trout, I had two older gentlemen out and they had never, they had been fishing all their life and had tried fly fishing a little bit, but had never caught a trout on a fly rod. And one of the guys, he caught his first trout. We I hooked her. We netted it, took a picture, and kind of sent it back on its way. And I started to walk back down the river just so I could be in the middle just in case they got into another one. And the guy, just I looked over, and he's running down towards me. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, what's happening? And he goes, Katie, I just want to say thank you. That was the coolest thing of my life. And, like, gave me a big high five. And so it was just really, <laughs> really cool yeah. to see this guy, like, so excited about catching, like, eight-inch little rainbow trout. It was real small. We have soft rainbows here. They're not wild or anything. Yeah. So that was just, it was really cool just to see a grown man just so pumped over that. And then, yeah, that's um, great. Hey, you're never too yeah, old to start, right? Yeah. Absolutely not. And then this past <laughs> season, I had the opportunity to take out, let's see, I think he was 10 years old. He came with his dad. And his dad was like, hey, this is what he wanted for a birthday gift. Don't worry about me. I'll figure this out down here. Just focus on my kid. And it was absolutely freezing. And in the first 10 minutes, he soaked his gloves because pretty much where he was holding the rod was right about the river level. And so I gave him my gloves. And I'm like, hey, you good, bud? And he said, no, I'm good. And he fished for eight hours straight, barely took a lunch, and was just catching fish left and right and having just a great time on the water. And that was just really cool to see 
some of the younger generation getting into the sport and really enjoying it and wanting to just be outside all day. So I just, I thought that, that was really cool. And it actually kind of reminded me, reminds me um this last meetup that we had, we had a 13 year old girl come out and she had never fly fished before. And I gave her a, a little breakdown and then set her on her way to just get out and practice. And it started pouring rain and I was like, oh, she's definitely going to want to leave. She's not going to enjoy this. She stayed in fish the whole time. It's been cool to have some experiences with the younger generation and just seeing them really enjoying it. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah, and then that young boy, you may have started a lifelong passion and interest for him. He may be out on the river 50 years from now still doing what you taught him how to do. That's right. I always think yeah, that's which pretty, is pretty, pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I've got three grandchildren now that I'm trying to teach fishing, but only once, once only 18 months old, so he's a little young. <laughs> but never too young to start, uh, yeah, except he doesn't have any idea what's going on. But, but the other one, I still remember the first day he caught his first fish, and he's so excited. It'll always be a great memory for me as well. If people want to follow you and on your journey, where can they follow you? Is, does Ohio Women on the Fly have a Facebook group, a page, Instagram you had mentioned. Where can you guys be found or you personally? If somebody wanted to do a guide trip with you, for instance, as well. For my personal one, my Instagram is just Katie Johnstone. And if you're interested in a trip, you can reach out to me or Mad River Outfitters. And then for Ohio Women on the Fly, we have a website which we keep up to date with upcoming events. And we do some blog posts and things like that. There's anyone in the area, you can subscribe to the site. We send out emails when the new events are coming up. And then if there's women who, or even men who are looking for just ideas of ways to do different events in their community, feel free to follow the website. And maybe something we do might be something you want to do in your area. And we've also got an Instagram account. It's Ohio Women on the Fly. And then we're on Facebook. We've got a public page, Ohio Women on the Fly. And then we've got a private group for women in the state to join, which if you're in the area, I definitely suggest you joining, even if you don't fly fish yet or you're interested. It's a really great way to, one, stay up to date with what's going on, and then, two, to use it as a resource to meet up with other women to go fishing and someone will post, say, hey, I'm going to go fishing on Saturday. Does anyone want to join? And it's a good way to be able to connect through there. Yeah, that's great. So basically searching uh, Ohio Women on the Fly is going to get you about everywhere. It looks like your URL yeah. <laughs> the website is com, but you've used the you've been able to use the same name on Facebook and Instagram as well. So Instagram. sounds good. Yeah, yeah. And then Mad Rivers Outfitters is what is their URL? Is it MadRiversOutfitters.com? Matt, yep, MadRiversOutfitters.com. MadRiversOutfitters.com. Okay, so there you go, folks. You want to get connected with Katie? Then that's how you do it. So, Katie, what's next on your fly fishing journey? Do you have any other aspirations, any goals, any challenges you want to meet? So I do, both with Ohio Women on Fly and just within the fly shop. My biggest thing is I really, with the shop, want to build my guiding career, build up some good clientele, and just look forward to getting out on the water more with people. And when I started at Matter of Raptors, one of the things I wanted to do was start some women's programs and With COVID, that kind of made things a little bit tough, and we didn't get our mask mandate lifted until uh, not too long ago, really. Looking forward to the second half of 
2022 and 2023, starting some kind of like women's fly tying nights and clinics and some trips. And then with Ohio Women on the Fly, just continuing to grow this group through the meetups and clinics and conservation projects and then doing like continuing the weekend at Mohicans, just making sure that calendar is filled and that we can keep growing and being able to provide the these women with the information and the resources that they need so that they can grow in their fly fishing career too. Okay, good, good. Any other final words you want to pass on of encouragement to other women out there? How's your chance? <laughs> Yeah, I would just say if you're interested, look for a local group, get to know your fly shop. It's an awesome sport to get involved in. Don't be intimidated because we all have to start somewhere. And use social media to connect with other women in different states. It's a really great way to learn and then also to meet some people to go visit. The biggest thing is you just don't be afraid and take that first step to get started. Sounds good. Sounds good. Time to wrap things up for this show, but stick with me here, Katie, because we're going to do some giveaways and stuff. And when we return, we'll do just that. We're going to give away a one-year membership to Fly Fishers International, a one-year subscription to Fly Fishing and Time Journal, and we'll also be giving away a book courtesy of Stackpole Books. Stick with me just a couple more minutes, and we'll close this show out. The Ugly Bug Fly Shop in Casper, Wyoming, has been serving fly fishers in Wyoming and around the world since 1983. Their selection of top-of-the-line gear and a huge assortment of flies is one of the best in the land. All products are available in their fly shop and online. Looking for advice? Just give them a call, and their expert professional staff will help you with whatever you need. Visit Ugly Bug Fly Shop today at uglybugflyshop.com or call them at 866-845-9284. Again, uglybugflyshop.com or call them at 866-845-9284. Just a quick reminder to everyone, before you leave the website tonight, please take a minute and give us your feedback about the show. You can find a link on our homepage in the section under tonight's show that says, what do you think of this show? Just click on the link and leave your comments. We'd really appreciate it. Well, now it's time to give away some prizes. The winners for our drawing are randomly selected from our show's registration database. And if you didn't register for tonight's show, it's too late now, but make sure you do so for our next show so you have a chance to win some of the great prizes we have to offer. If you are the lucky winner, we'll contact you after the show and provide you with information on how to receive your prize. So the first thing we're giving away is a one-year membership to Fly Fishers International. And to learn more about that, and I learned more about that tonight from Katie about the Women's Connect aspect of Fly Fishers International, go to their website, flyfishersinternational.org. Again, that's flyfishersinternational.org, and you can find out more about FFI. And our winner of a one-year membership to that organization is Peggy Rios in New Mexico. So, Peggy, congratulations. I'm sure you're going to enjoy your membership. And now we'll give away a one-year subscription to Fly Fishing and Tying Journal, which you can learn more about at amatobooks.com. Amato Books is also another great publisher of fly fishing books and periodicals. So check them out at themodelbooks.com. And our winner for that is William Plemenden Plemenden in Maine. Spread out our winners tonight. So congratulations, William. And I'm sure you'll enjoy that subscription. Now we'll give away a book courtesy of Stackpole Books. Find out more about Stackpole at stackpolebooks.com. 
And they just keep publishing some great books on fly fishing. Check them out. I'm sure there'll be something there you'll find that you'll like. We advertise a lot of books of their books on our website as well. But if you win, then I'll send you a list of books you can pick from and see if one of those might meet your needs. What we're going to do is you answer this question in the form on our homepage, same place where you could ask a question during the show. Just put in your name and your location and your email address. And if you're the first person to answer the question correctly, then you'll win a book from Stackpole Books. Before Ohio Women on the Fly was organized and founded, what other organization was there that inspired Katie or its partner Jess to start Ohio Women on the Fly? So what other organization got their attention and got them thinking about creating Ohio Women on the Fly? Now, Katie, I just have to refresh my queue here. Sometimes it takes a minute before people answer. We'll see if we can't get ourselves a winner. Sound good? Sounds good. That's a good question. So let's... Well, come on. That wasn't that hard of a question. <laughs> Don't think. Let's see no takers? Come on. Okay, I'll give you an alternate question to answer. Katie works in a fly shop. In what city is that fly shop? <laughs> what city of the fly is her fly shop in? Let's see if somebody can give me an answer for that. Either that or something's wrong with the internet, which could be a, is always a possibility here. Let's see. We'll give it another couple of shots and. No, uh, Trout Unlimited wasn't it, Katie. That wasn't the answer we were looking for. No. Sorry, Bob. Oh, here, I think I got an answer. How about Columbus, Ohio? Will that work, Katie? Perfect. That works. <laughs> <laughs> so Tom Zim, 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 Zimina in Ohio, <laughs> having trouble. I'm actually trying to learn Spanish right now, so I'm looking at things and thinking Spanish <laughs> It's really funny. But anyway, so Tom, hey, just fill out that same form. No, actually, you don't have to. I got your email address here. So I will send you an email with a list of books. Pick off one of those books you want me to send you, and I'll send it your way. Thanks for paying attention. And I guess that first question was too hard (laughs) because I still haven't got a right answer. I've got other (laughs) answers and other Columbus coming in, but not. So the answer to the first question was United Women on the Fly, United Women on the Fly which is a national or international organization for women fly fishers. So there you go. Thanks for playing, and Tom, and congratulations on winning a book from Stackpole Books. Katie, thanks so much for being on the show tonight. It was fun to learn your story and how you moved so quickly through the industry and, and how you became 100% <laughs> involved at this point. Congratulations and good luck on your future, and hope guiding works well for you. Thanks for being on the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. That was a lot of fun. Thanks, and we'll see you down the road or on the river at some point, I'm sure. Hopefully Hopefully you've all found the podcast archive on our website. If you haven't, just look for the link on the top line menu. In the archive, you'll find all of our past shows, over 360 shows, which you can search by keyword phrase, like trout, tarpon, Madison River, 
Ohio, <laughs> things like that. Go ahead and explore, and I think you'll be pleasantly surprised at what you find there and what you'll learn from listening to our great shows. Our next broadcast will be on August 3rd, 7 p.m. Mountain Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, and on that show, I interview Rick Niles, and our topic for the show will be Top Pennsylvania Fly Fishing Destinations. Rick started guiding in 1999 and has since grown his guide service to eight guides in Pennsylvania. His knowledge of Pennsylvania fisheries is deep and wide. Join us to talk about a few of the top Pennsylvania fisheries that you'll want to add to your bucket list. Be sure to add this upcoming show on your calendar. You can just click on the Add to Calendar button below Rick's photo on our homepage. There's a little button for the calendar there. Click on that, add it to your calendar, and you'll be all set for the next live show. We'd like to thank Fly Fishers International, Amato Books, Lease Ferry Anglers, and Greco Puglisi Flies and Ugly Bug Fly Shop for sponsoring our show tonight. Don't forget to visit our website at askaboutflyfishing.com and make sure you're just signed up to receive our announcements so you don't miss out on any of our future broadcasts. Thanks for listening to Ask About Fly Fishing Internet Radio. We hope you enjoyed the show. That's it. Good night, everyone, and good fishing.